Hi there, Lucy here. Very quick podcast, just inspired by a Instagram post that I've seen today about how when someone has had a narcissistic mother and all the family and friends on the outside observing say to the victim, aka the daughter uh, often, um, we don't understand why you are the way you are because your mum's fantastic kind of thing. I thought, you know, this is this is so insightful because when you're a mother of a narcissistic mother, sorry, a daughter of a narcissistic mother, there's something ethereal and taboo and dark about how a woman who gives birth to another woman cannot love that child at all, really. And they don't. Narcissistic mothers don't love their children. They they, they, they feel what they think is love, which is usually excitement, hope that they'll turn out like them or better than them. Um, there's a sort of flush of narcissism where they're like, oh, let me show my baby off, show everyone my baby. This is my baby. I can dress my baby up. My baby will be what everything I want it to be. My baby will make me look good. My baby will keep my partner to me. Uh, my baby will stop my, uh, you know, other people judging me. And the baby becomes a, a, a sort of suit of armor, stroke, handbag, stroke, validation for the narcissist mother. And of course, we are human beings. We are none of those things. We're just another wee human, another blank slate, born expecting and entitled to love and empathy and respect and our own individual identity and a recognition of our gender and a recognition that we are not a uh, extra limb to the mother, but we are something special and amazing that she has created with her partner. Whether he's a dick or not is irrelevant. And narcissistic mothers don't get that. They don't feel that. They can't feel that. And if you face, if you teach them that or you try to tell them that, they're disgusted that you would dare see beneath the mask and you would dare confront their low self-esteem and their jealousy and their uh, glass-like exterior of being a good mother to the point at which you are uh, discarded or you are simply devalued and devalued and devalued and then triangulation occurs. But that's just the sort of the uh, the sort of one minute lift promo on how narcissistic mothers operate. There's a lot more to that. And what I do want to say is that I know that a lot of people listen to my podcasts who know me personally, who maybe knew me when I was growing up, who maybe knew me when they thought they knew me when I was a young uh, adult and uh, early years of me being a mother myself. Um, ex-partners of mine, narcissists of mine, stalkers of mine, one particular, but actually no, both of my female stalkers both have daughters and both of them are absolute replicants of my mother and they're raising toxic daughters um, and they're raising damaged daughters but you know they listen to these podcasts so I'm obviously getting, I'm, I'm obviously getting at them but it would just be nice if I got into them and got into their brains and help them see the error of their ways as I saw mine. I have three sons um and I made my mistakes with my children and I made them when I was also very unwell. But I also take accountability for knowing that, you know, that's not an excuse. It's a context, but it's not an excuse, full stop. Um, and the awful thing about my own mother, obviously she's passed away. Well, not obviously, but most people who listen to my podcasts know my mum died. Um, she died the same weekend I released my second book, um, The Notch. Uh, just by a horrible coincidence, because it was actually a book I thought my mum might really enjoy. Um, and 
she she absolutely was a very very least borderline personality disorder but i saw so little empathy in her and i saw so little desire and willingness to change and help herself and fix herself and be a better mother and be a better nana um and just discard and get rid of my cheating covert abuser dad that I have to be, I'm swayed towards being almost completely convinced that she wasn't BPD, borderline personality disorder, she was NPD. Um, people with BPD have almost too much emotion and too much empathy and it all gets swirled up and messed up and they, they can cause chaos and they can cause trauma and they can cause drama and they can hurt people. But there's, there's always an underlying sort of um, radio wave of, oh fuck, I wish I'd not done that, I wish I wasn't this way. And my mother never... <laughs> My mother never had that. My mother had, I'm going to do everything possible to make myself avoid looking at myself and I'm going to do everything possible to put the blame on and scapegoat Lucy, or which is obviously me, or anybody else I can around me so that I can hide from the agony and the shame of realising that I'm actually the fuck up here. Um, so that was why alcohol and eating disorders and depression and anxiety and controlling behaviour and then... Um, triangulation and the smear campaign and blaming me all came in while she actually had perfectly nice phone conversations with me and she leaned on me and she badgered me for support and she harassed me to uh, enable her with the alcohol and my dad uh, which again is a narcissistic mother you get on the outside there's a certain personality that everybody sees which she will completely enforce and she will um exaggerate and she will enjoy the feeling of so with my mother for example and I'm sure many of you who are listening to this who have had narcissistic mothers especially those of you who are female will know that to most people your narcissistic mother is a kind and generous and funny and charming and quirky and giving uh, and organized woman and then people cannot understand why the narcissistic daughter um, is unruly and traumatized and uh, promiscuous or uh, also has addictions or also has eating disorders um, who just doesn't seem to fit within the family structure, who seems to be always causing drama and chaos, who seems to be resistant to change. And that's because actually the, the daughter doesn't need to change. The family dynamic needs to change. The person who created it needs to change the people who manifest and enable it need to change, aka the parents and the triangulated sucker-upper uh, golden child and hidden child that narcissistic mothers also like to create and circumnavigate around a scapegoat daughter. Um, and my mother's friends, I think they knew she was a bit cracker. Well, they definitely knew in later years that my mom was in a toxic relationship with my dad, that my mum was taking occasional beatings, but certainly fighting back, that there were these incredibly long periods of arguments and fighting with my dad, um, and the fact that she would t take him back again and again and again after every affair, and he would have an affair with girls a couple of years older than me. My parents were older parents, okay? Without going into much detail, there were girls that were still in school that my dad had flings with um, or a first year college around me. I watched it. I was the eldest child. I observed this. I suck all this, I sucked it all up. I thought I was protecting my mother by kind of grassing on my dad 
I thought I was protecting my dad by seeing how my mother was not exactly the most um, warm or affectionate or attractive people. I was torn between the two of them. I would be tossed between the two of them and then they would absolutely gang up on me and attack me if it meant the two of them felt um, twin flamey again or they felt that it was important to deflect from their own argument and blame me. And this went on from being me being about 11 years old. As soon as I hit puberty, and there's a there's a lot to talk about there in another podcast. Um, but to my mother's friends, I think a lot of them, there's a, an age thing. They're all in their 70s now where if you had a daughter, you know, you raised her a certain way. And all of my mom's friends that I can think of had daughters um, all of them that I can remember from Mull, from Island Mull, were very good to their daughters. They were generous with their daughters. They put them through uni or college. They wore the best of clothes. They got on. And more importantly than anything, they spent time together. They would go shopping in Glasgow or Edinburgh, which to us on the island of Mull is like the mainland. It's exciting. It's glamorous. I'm going back to obviously the 90s. Um they would go out together, get their nails done, get their hair done. Now, this is where my mother differed from them because my mother did not have any interest in spending time with me, in getting to know me, being with me as an individual human being, as a separate identity, a separate entity to her. So my mother never, ever took me just shopping or ever, ever took me for a girl's night away or a spa night or to... Um, there was just never anything like that, even when I got engaged, even when I had my first baby, my second baby, my third baby. There was just nothing that was akin to natural mothering. So, of course, my mother's friends are assuming this is going on. Perhaps my mother told them it was going on, but it wasn't. Um, they saw my mum was wealthy, they saw that I looked okay, but the clothes I was wearing I didn't choose, the clothes I was wearing I didn't want to wear, um, I was dressed like my brothers, I was treated like my brothers, apart from the fact that I was also treated like a teacher and a babysitter and a counsellor and a therapist and a drink maker and a chef and a waitress around about the time I hit 11. Um, my mum's confidant, but not my mum's equal, um, and my I think her friends saw just a kind of maybe a slightly chaotic, wild mum, but I don't think they ever saw beneath that because my mum hid her jealousy of me very well. She hid her neglect of me very well. And of course, we're going back to the 80s and 90s and the noughties where nobody talked about child development and attachment theory and mental illness and mental health and eating disorders as openly now. Nobody talked about things like, oh, why would a 14-year-old girl a 15-year-old girl be obsessed with, like, all the local boys. Um, and, you know, nobody nobody sort of started to click that actually my mum had taught me that if I wasn't pretty, um, I was nothing, I was zero, I was zilch. If I didn't do well at school, I was nothing, I was zero, I was zilch. If I didn't contribute significantly to the hotel business, like a grown woman, I was sacked or I was told I was lazy. Um, when I hit puberty and got a bit curvy, I was told I was fat. Um, when I was drinking and drawing sexual images and sexual pictures when I was eight years old, nobody asked questions. Nobody said, why is Lucy doing that? Why is Lucy doing that? Nobody cared. My mum was so good at faking being a normal mum. And my dad was so good at faking being this great guy. Nobody asked the awkward questions, which then led me to being a 
bit of a bloody mess. And of course, you've got a community and you've got people everywhere all over the world who look at a girl like that and they think the girl is the problem. Nobody looks at the parents. And narcissistic mothers will will emotionally neglect their daughters. Um, they will watch their daughter have an eating disorder, have alcohol problems, have promiscuity problems, which, by the way, mine didn't kick in until I was 17, thank you. Um, they will watch older men predate on their daughter. They will sniff at their daughter if she looks pretty. They will sniff at their daughter if she seems to be quite good at being a mother. I got my shit together when I was 22. I bought my first flat. I had my first baby a year later, had another baby a couple of years later, had a job, I was studying, I was perfection. My mother sniffed and sniffed and sniffed at this. She told me to stay in a toxic relationship where I feel perhaps I was the abuser because I couldn't work out why this guy was such a prick. He was neglectful, he was a cheat, he was lazy, and that's just my dad. My dad was like that. And my mum told me, suck it up, get on with it. And I ended up with anger issues and trying to fight against the machine and make this guy behave himself. But I now realise he's just a prick and I was doing everything wrong. My mum told me, you know, this is what narcissistic mothers do. But on the outside, everyone's looking at the daughter. Everyone's looking at her and going, she's 23 now. She should have grown up. Or she's 30 now. Why is she still doing this? There's judgment. There's no empathy. There's no empathy. There's labelling. And nobody fucking stands up and says, do you not remember Joy? Do you not remember the way she was with Lucy? She dressed Lucy like a boy until she was 14. She had that lassie working seven days a week in a hotel at 11 years old. She stayed with David, who we all know cheated and cheated and cheated and cheated and hit her and hit her and hit her. And she drank and she drank and she drank and she had eating disorders, eating disorders, eating disorders. Nobody ever stood up and said, listen, Lucy was just a product of that fucking narcissistic bastard and her equally narcissistic husband and Lucy took it because she was the eldest, she was the most empathic, she was the most watchful and she was relied on and leaned on and relied on and leaned on and the poor cow didn't know whether she was coming or going and then puberty hit, it all went pear-shaped and nobody fucking stepped in. Nobody stepped in and I knew stuff at eight years old no little girl should know. Things happen to me nobody wants to talk about and narcissistic mothers will avoid when their daughter is abused or molested or used or mistreated because they are so focused on themselves and they cannot face the fact that they have let that little girl down. They just run tractors over her and just say, oh, she's wild or she's precocious. This was a classic one. I get called precocious. My dad used to say to me, don't be, don't be too you, Lucy. This is abuse. This is neglect. And it's no wonder I ended up the bloody mess I ended up in in the end, replicating my mum's relationships, replicating my mum's behaviour, replicating the risk-taking and the self-harming over and over again. Narcissistic mothers are one of the scourges we have in our society. And it's about time their friends, whether they're fucking 70 or not, started looking at how they treat their daughter. Did they spoil them? Did they neglect them? Did they abuse them? Did they do those things in turn? Did they ignore them? And say and saying that we lassie is going off the rails. Let's talk about this. And nobody did that for me, and I am desperate for some of you out there to do that. Both of my narcissistic stalkers have got little girls. Both of them are heading for the highway to hell. 
because their narcissistic mothers are so focused on me and being obsessed with me and wanting to destroy me like my mother was. They are forgetting that they are raising other small humans and they're raising narcissists. Now, I've got three books out at the moment. I've got a fourth book, which is all about a narcissistic matriarch who triangulates her husband and young girls that he has affairs with. It's called Pretty Girls Gone. If you want to follow the hashtag, ready for release, because the book is is ready. It, I just need to get myself together to get organized. Follow the hashtag Pretty Girls Gone. Find my YouTube channel, subscribe and watch. And just think a little bit about podcasts like these where people share and we wear our heart on our sleeve and we talk the fucking truth. <laughs>